One of the things that I love about hosting this podcast is inviting guests on to tell their story of how they loved their husband before they even had one. And today we get to talk to Devin. And for a special treat, her husband Easton is joining in on the conversation too. We're going to talk about the choices that she made as a single woman that paid off in her marriage. We're going to find out how they met and what advice they have now for other single women. Well, Devin and Easton, welcome to the podcast. We are so excited to get to hear y'all's story. Yeah, we're happy to be here. Yeah. Well, Devin, as a single woman, you heard the Loving Your Husband content in breakout form. And when it came out as a book, you were quoted in it. So I'd like to read the quote. At an age where many of my friends are getting married, I can truly celebrate them without being filled with the bitterness and jealousy I once had. Through this book, I have learned how to maximize my single years and be thankful for this time God is giving me to learn how to love my husband before I even have one. Do you remember saying that, Devin? I do. Yeah. (laughs) It's cool to hear that now. (laughs) And I'm sure it's kind of crazy looking back that you said that when you were actually single, you know, probably didn't even have a boyfriend at the time. And Kim's book got published and it's been on Amazon for a few years. And here you are married, which is so wild. Yeah, I know. It's so fun. I just, I love that you're going to get to tell your story today. But this quote gives us a little sneak peek. But could you help us get to know single Devin? And what was she like? Because you mentioned in there that about being bitter and jealous. And I just can't even see that in you. Well, that's sweet that you would say that. Um, Single Devin. So I started following Jesus my freshman year of college. And I would really just say a huge part of my story um, before Christ was just looking for my value in relationships with guys. And so once I started following Jesus, I knew that that's where my identity was found, but I didn't really believe that. And so I still struggled a lot with just desiring relationships and looking for that, looking for my identity in relationships. And so I struggled when my friends were having candle lightings, you know, that's the big thing in your sorority, you want a candle lighting. Well, there was no candle lighting in sight for my future. And so it was hard initially, but really, like I said, I just learned how to maximize those, my single years and really enjoyed that time, grew to just enjoy it. And then I was actually happy for my friends rather than like feeling bitter or jealous. I love that you just said maximize. I think that's something we've really been trying to spotlight with our podcast is really we want to help single women thrive in their single years because that is huge. It's a season that God has given you as a gift and he wants you to thrive in it and not just long for the next season. Yeah. Well, Devin, I remember meeting you when the book came out and we were traveling. I was traveling to the campuses on my little quote unquote book tour. I totally remember you on book tour because you you also came to Fort Worth. (laughs) Oh, I was big stuff. You were. You were. Signing autographs in your book. Well, it it was a very fun season and it just meant so much that my story, God was using my story to encourage 
other women. But Devin, you said something that really stuck with me when we were visiting that one day. You looked at me and you said, Kim, I know you live this way, but like, do other women live this way? Do you remember saying that? I don't remember saying that. No, you told me at SMC this year at our winter conference and I was just in shock. I had no idea that that but, was what yeah, sparked it. It really stuck with me because I started thinking it's like, it's so important for young women to have uh, multiple women speaking into their lives and hearing how God's way really is the best way in practical ways. And uh, so I'm so excited that now you get to tell your story today. I know. And I want to hear from Easton too, because I'm going to pick your brain a lot on how, you know, how you swept Devin off her feet. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So tell us a little bit about you guys. How long have you been married? We know that you guys are expecting a baby really soon, which is exciting, but you tell us, give us the whole scoop. We've been married for just past three years in August, so three years going on forever. Yeah, and we are expecting our first child in December, a little Christmas baby. We're having a girl, which is really fun. Easton's going to be the perfect girl dad. Um, We live in Edmond, Oklahoma. Well, Devin, I remember meeting you when you were a student at UCO, and at the time when we met, Easton was not in the picture whatsoever. And so I got to hear the scoop. How did you guys actually meet? How did this become a thing? Yeah, he was honestly probably still in high school when I met Adrian. So we met through our college ministry that we were involved in through SUMO. Uh, He says we met the fall semester of his freshman year, which would have been my junior year. But I don't remember that meeting. Um, I remember meeting him at Kaleo, which is our nine-week discipleship program that we both attended that summer. Um, But before meeting him, it's actually a funny story. I just had already decided that I did not like him at all. I knew who he was because a girl in my D group, a girl that I had been leading spiritually, had a big crush on him and he had a crush on her. And so just being the overprotective spiritual leader that I was, I just instantly was not a fan of him. I truly didn't give him a chance. And so I show up that summer and I'm kind of just mean to him Um, all summer. I like don't really acknowledge that he exists or I kind of make some comments here and there. And so we still laugh about our first ever conflict resolution. It was the last week of Kaleo and I pulled him aside and just, I felt really sad about how I had treated him. So I pulled him aside and I apologized and then we just kind of became friends after that. So that's kind of how it started, which is really funny to see how it ended. (laughs) Well, Easton, I got to hear your side of the story. Do you remember (laughs) Devin? What was your impression of her? Yeah. So meeting Devin, um, I just remember her being the uh, leader of the group that this girl that I was kind of interested in Um, she was leading that group. And so we just didn't have a whole lot of positive interactions. Uh, And whenever she did pull me aside, uh, I very humbly told her, yes, she was in the wrong. Um, (laughs) No, I'm kidding. But uh, yes, that summer at some point, I told one of my good buddies uh, that she would be really attractive if she wasn't such a jerk. Uh, Now we both get a kick out of that. Yes, great character. (laughs) 
I love when God just, you know, takes two people and just really refines them like two rocks in a blender, you know? It's like you come out polished on the other end. <laughs> yeah, I love that story. For sure. That's so fun. Yeah. So then after Kaleo, um, we just came back and a lot of our friends just started hanging out in group settings. And so I started to spend a lot of time around Easton. We would play spike ball together. We would hang out in groups. And um, there was really a season where we both just saw each other as good friends. He even actually encouraged me to date one of his best friends. Um, but the more I was around Easton, the more I just became a fan of him and got to see his character and got to learn more about him. And so definitely developed a crush on him after starting out not liking him at all. Well, Easton, after that rough start, uh, what really impressed you about Devin? Yeah, definitely. After <laughs> the rough start, it kind of got to the point about what didn't impress me uh, about Devin. Uh, she was beautiful and athletic. Uh, she loved Jesus, which was super attractive. Um, and she loved the girls that were around her uh, really well, the girls that were in her sorority um, and just other girls that were involved in the same student ministry that we were in. Um, and so there's a lot of characteristics that I thought were attractive. She was also very consistent. Uh, and by that, I mean just consistent in what she participated in. That was in the student ministry that was in her sorority. So I'd see her on campus a lot because I was also involved in the fraternity. Uh, and then she's also consistent, me seeing her on Sunday mornings, we attended the same church. And so that was just more time I was able to spend around her. So getting to see all of that uh, was really great. I also agree. Devin is a very consistent person. I remember vividly you waking up and being so disciplined to work out, go on a run, whatever it was to train, no matter where you were. And I was like, wow, that girl's committed. It is a hundred degrees and humid and she's sweating and on a run. Way to go, Devin. So she's a Thank consistent you. woman. That's for sure. But Devin, what impressed you about Easton? And I know you said some of his characters stood out. What do you mean by that? Yeah, I really was just impressed by his character. Uh, I noticed just because I did get to see Easton in so many different contexts, whether it was at church or it may be at with his fraternity brothers or playing intramurals with guys and hanging out with friends in our ministry, no matter the context, I just saw that Easton was the same. Um, he was very consistent as well. And he was just talked really highly about by others. And People just respected him. Something that I specifically remember um, about Easton during our friendship, I remember he was attending a 6 a.m. Bible study um, at our church with a lot of old men, and I learned that the study just happened to be over marriage. And so I thought to myself, wow, that is super impressive that he is a sophomore in college wanting to learn about marriage. It was a men's breakfast Bible study. It was called 33 series. And it just so happened to be on marriage at that time that she found out about it. Previously, it was marriage, <laughs> that one was marriage, which was applicable to them. And it soon became applicable to me. Yeah, I heard me spark something for you. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. You were loving your wife before you even had one. I love that. Devin, in your quote, you mentioned you learned to maximize your single years. And like Adrian mentioned, we really are about maximizing our single years. And so would you share with us a few things that you did while you were single that have really paid off in marriage now? Yeah, so the most obvious one probably, and just talked 
talked about a lot on this podcast, but the best thing that I did during my single years that impacted my marriage more than anything else was just using that time to grow my love for Jesus. So college was when I first began reading my Bible consistently, memorizing scripture, spending intentional time in prayer. So I just spent these years learning who God is and who I am in Christ. Like I mentioned before, I found my identity a lot in what other people thought of me and just relationships with the opposite sex. But I use this time to learn what God said about me and who he says I am. Um, but a lot of these same disciplines I learned during my single years are the same things I'm doing now. And they just make all the difference in my marriage. I remember as a young believer, my spiritual leader saying to me, Devin, I'd be okay if Corey died. Yes, I would be incredibly sad, but I would be okay. Corey's her husband. But I just couldn't wrap my mind around it then. But now I know exactly what she means. And I can say those same things. Easton isn't my savior. He doesn't meet my every need. And only Jesus can. I see this playing out in our marriage all the time. As great as Easton is, he isn't perfect and he doesn't meet my every need, but I don't expect him to. I run to Jesus to meet my needs. Devin, if you hadn't come to Christ and pursued a relationship with him, how would that have affected your marriage today? I mean, you shared how it blessed has blessed your marriage, but could you see ways that um, it would have made it more difficult? Yeah, I think like I was saying how Jesus does meet my needs. I think I would have came into marriage expecting Easton to meet all of my needs. And it really just would have led me to feeling disappointed and having a lot of false expectations on him. Um, he's not going to love me like I desire to be loved. He's not going to make me feel pretty all the time. And so I think if I was running to him instead of Jesus, it would just cause a lot of conflict in our marriage. And I think I would just constantly feel disappointed in my husband. Absolutely. I read a lot of marriage books and that is one of the main themes that you'll see is your husband cannot fill that role. Even like the best guy in the entire world cannot fulfill that role. Only Christ can. That's so good. Well, Devin, what else did you learn that really paid off in your marriage? So during my single years, God just really opened my eyes to his purpose for my life. And so not only did I fall in love with Jesus, I fell in love with his mission. I chose to use my single years to make disciples. And because I was committed to his purpose for my life, I just looked at marriage in a very different way. Marriage was formerly about finding someone that made me feel loved and someone that would complete me. But now it was about finding someone who is just as passionate about God's glory. I knew I wanted to marry someone I could partner with to reach a lost world for Christ. I love that. So how has that helped your marriage now? Yeah, I think Easton and I can both agree that we've just experienced the most joy in our marriage when we're sacrificially giving our lives away to others in the hope that they'll know Christ. We get to do a lot of ministry together, and it really is just when we feel closest to each other, it's when we experience a ton of joy. And I also just think living out God's mission for my life as a single girl helped me learn to be selfless. I got to lay my life down for other people. And I don't know that there's anything that exposes selfishness more than marriage. And so in marriage, I still have a long ways to go, but I know that I serve Easton a whole lot better now because I was already used to giving my life away to other people. 
Easton, I want to ask you a question on this. Like hearing Devin say both of these things, have you seen those things to be, you know, true? Do you have any specific examples where you're like, wow, I'm so glad she did this because I've benefited in this specific way? Uh, yeah, for sure. So on both of these, uh, I've been benefited from greatly um, in our marriage. One, uh, her being passionate in her pursuit of loving Jesus and having a relationship with him. Uh, it encourages me in my relationship. Uh, and if she wasn't pursuing the Lord like she does and had, uh, then it would definitely affect my relationship with Jesus going forward. And so uh, instead of her lifting me up, which is what it is currently, it could look more like something of her uh, pulling me down or weighing me down, which would be really sad. But also, I would just say, you know, if she wasn't doing these things whenever she is single, I wouldn't have been looking for her. I would have been looking elsewhere. There you go. He said it. <laughs> <laughs> the truth hurts sometimes. Yeah, but that's so We need good. to hear that. Yeah, we do. All right. Well, Devin, um, anything else? Another choice I made during my single years that I see impacting my marriage today was the decision to commit to the local church and just submit myself to older godly women in my church. God used women like Brooke McKeever, Carla McAllister, Lisa Harper, and so many others to make me more like Jesus. I think during my single years, the Lord just kindly showed me, hey, you don't have this all figured out. And he humbled me to seek out relationships to learn from them. And so I remember just spending time with these women early on when I was following Jesus. And I really was so sharpened by my time with them. They would encourage me to follow Jesus. They would call out sin in my life. And so I really enjoyed getting to just grow in these relationships with older women. I love that, Devin. You know, we've actually talked about that on the podcast, about having mentors in your life. And that's awesome that you had three of them. Um, I'm just curious, how did those relationships get started? Did you approach them? Did they approach you? I mean, how did that, can you give us a little insight on how you connected with those mentors? Yeah, I would say all of them just happened pretty naturally. Um, they were women that were involved in my church. And so I attended the college Sunday school class. And so one of them happened to be one of the leaders of the class. And then Another was just a friend, a church friend's mom that I spent time around and just really admired her. And so I would just, I would take some initiative. I would just ask to spend time um, with those people, but a lot of it just happened naturally. And these women were more than willing to want to meet with me and invest in me, which was really exciting. I also looking back on these relationships that she's had now, it did happen naturally. But Devin also put herself in the situations for these relationships to come up. So if she wasn't involved uh, in church or, you know, like Brooke meeting her through college ministry, then these relationships wouldn't have come up. It's a good point. You know, we just have to take initiative and it's sometimes scary, but it's I'm so glad it just really happened naturally. And because you were involved already, it just happened naturally. And something that you were sharing with us earlier that I'd love for you to share on the podcast, but when you guys are thinking of names for your baby girl, you were actually thinking through women that were influential in your life spiritually. So could you tell us more about that? Yeah. So we are naming our daughter Harper Ann. So one of the ladies I mentioned, her name is Lisa Harper and her and her husband have been really influential in both Easton and I's life. And so 
we are naming her Harper and then her middle name is Anne and that's after the woman who led me to Christ Brooke Ann McKeever and also the lady that mentors me now her name is Deborah Ann and so we are just really as excited it's really sweet to name her daughter after someone who we hope and pray that she will become like that's so sweet it I is love the that. sweetest thing I just love that I don't know if you knew this but Dave my husband his middle name is Tyler and that is the name of a guy who led his dad to Christ I didn't know that mm-hmm. yeah That's I love it cool. when people do that yeah I just I love it you made a joke earlier on the podcast that Easton was in high school when you were in college so I have to find out <laughs> how did this younger man swoop you up and was he in college when he asked you out and you were graduated? Yeah. So he actually asked me out the last week of my senior year of college and he was finishing up his sophomore year. So I was about to graduate and actually move about an hour away from Edmond. So yeah, I was graduating. He was just a sophomore. Well, Easton, what gave you the confidence to ask a graduating senior out? Go Easton. Go (laughs) Easton. <laughs> well, I was uh, I was really intimidated um, by the idea of asking her out to begin with. Uh, she was way older than me, uh, and so she had plans after college already. And so I just kind of was pretty nervous about the idea of of asking her out. You know, maybe I get in the way of where she was headed. I don't know. But uh, I was wrapping up my sophomore year with college, like she had said. Uh, and so the plans I had ahead of me were more college. She had work plans ahead of her, but I talked with a couple uh, different men that were in my life that had also met uh, Devin and they just kind of told me I was overthinking uh, some of this and would be missing out uh, on the incredible girl that she is if I didn't ask her out. Uh, and so with that advice, I went to a man that was investing in me uh, on campus spiritually. Uh, his name is Corey McKeever. He's actually married to Brooke McKeever. Uh, who Devin was talking about earlier. Um, So whenever I went to him, this was also intimidating. So not only the idea of asking Devin out at this point was intimidating, but also going to talk to Corey about it was intimidating because if Brooke was like a mother to Devin, uh, Corey was like a father to her. So I felt uh, like I was going to her father for advice on asking his daughter out. Um, (laughs) But if it wasn't Devin, I still would have gone to Corey for this advice anyways. But that's just how it worked out. So again, very intimidating. But he advised me to pray about it uh, for a week and get back with him. Uh, Because the first time that I brought this up to him, I did not come with confidence. I was intimidated, nervous by talking to him. And he said that he said, you seem uh, pretty, you know, intimidated or just nervous about the idea of asking her out. Are you sure, you know, this is what you're wanting to do? Why don't you pray about it and come talk to me again in a week? And so that's what I did. I prayed about it. I felt like I probably made my mind up in two days instead of seven days, but I still waited a week before we met up again, uh, asked him with more confidence. Uh, and then I told him that day after I talked to him, I said, I'm going to go ask her out today. And, you know, from there, he, she could have said no, but I would have survived. So I just went ahead and, and asked. She said yes, thankfully, if y'all didn't know. <laughs> Well, Devin, I got to hear your side, because what did you think when a younger guy asked you? I mean, you're on track to go move and have a job. And here's this guy in college, a sophomore, asking you out. 
gosh. Yeah. I remember when he showed up at my sorority house and I'm like moving out getting, packing up every, my room and everything. And he shows up and I'm like, what's, what's he want to talk about? He calls me outside. I'm like, this is random, but he asked me out literally my jaw. I'm not kidding. Just fell wide open. And I sat in silence for a solid minute. We like laugh about it. It was fun to just talk through that again this week, but literally I did not keep my cool at all. Um, but I just didn't really think about his age. Easton, I'm so impressed. So not only did you have the confidence to ask her out, you went and asked her in person. I mean, nice touch. I love that. Yeah. It's funny that you say that because uh, in my mind, that was a no brainer. But Corey actually brought it up to me that same day. He said, hey, definitely either call her or ask her in person. Don't text her about it. And in my mind, I was like, yeah, duh, man. But I guess a lot of guys maybe don't do that. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> ask in person. Yeah, so when he asked me out, I just honestly wasn't at all thinking about his age. Um, what I was thinking about was Easton's spiritual maturity and just really his maturity as a man. From what I could see just in our friendship, he had been growing consistently in his relationship with the Lord. He was trying to make an impact for Christ. And even as a sophomore in college, Easton was working at the same state farm agency he works at today. I mean, what college guy is dressing up in a tie every day for work? And so he just had his life together and his priorities in order in this was really attractive to me. Yeah. You know, I, Sean is younger than me and I was attracted to him as a younger man because even though he was younger, he was so much more mature than a lot of the other guys. And, you know, it's those moments where the age doesn't really matter that much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause you're looking at the qualities, but in working with college students, Easton, you kind of sound like an anomaly. You were a mature, godly guy who desired to be married and probably like could have been married um, soon because you already had a job. You were figuring out what it would look like to provide. Are there like other guys like that in college or even young professionals? It seems like most men in like that stage are just so laser focused on a career that like marriage isn't even on the horizon. Yeah, I don't know if I'm an anomaly, but <laughs> there probably are some other guys out there. Uh, I was friends with guys that were older than me. And so they were maybe a little bit ahead of where most guys my age were at. And so that probably affected uh, my focus too on where I was looking at. So it wasn't so much of my age as much as maybe the guys that I was spending time around, uh, older guys who were just further along in their lives than people that were the same age as me. So that probably made, made quite a bit of difference. And then I never really had a big desire or focus necessarily just on work in and of itself. Um, there are things that were more important. And so marriage, I would say, is definitely more important than my career. And so uh, the timing of that just worked out well before uh, some people. I'm glad you said that because I think sometimes as single women, you know, if we're just seeing everyone else around us that is, you know, pursuing a career and kind of nothing else that you're just like, even value marriage. So I'm glad that you got to share that, that you valued marriage more than a career because those guys are out there. They just might be fewer than some. I have a feeling there are a lot of women in our audience thinking, I wish, I wish uh, Easton would like make a lot of disciples. <laughs> <laughs> 
and help the young men in my city might have a flood of girls moving to Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. You just keep um, building into men in Oklahoma, and I bet some women will be moving there. (laughs) So, Devin, looking back, now you've got three years of marriage under your belt. You know what it's like to wonder if there are godly women out there. You've taken advantage of these uh, of, of being able to have godly mentors in your life. What advice now would you have for single girls? What advice would you have for your single self? I think as I've just been reflecting on my single years and the choices I made to maximize that time, I keep thinking of in the Bible where Paul says to the Corinthians that an unmarried woman is concerned about the Lord's affairs and that her aim is to be devoted to the Lord. He just makes the point that we are less distracted when we're single and we can give more time to the Lord. So I would just encourage girls to not waste your single years wishing for a different season. You can make choices now and maximize this time and learn contentment. And I would just tell every girl that if you aren't content in singleness, then you most likely aren't going to be content in marriage either. Boy, that's a good one. That is so true. So well said. Well, Easton, what would you tell our listeners from a guy's perspective, you know, to look for and not to look for in a guy? And, you know, maybe if there's a girl out there who has her eye on a younger guy, would you give her any specific advice? Yeah, so for sure, the first thing that I would uh, tell the listeners is look for a guy that loves Jesus above anything else. And I really do mean above anything else. Um, If you start here and the guy that you're looking for genuinely loves the Lord, uh, then he'll grow in many other characteristics that uh, maybe aren't so important right at the moment, but he's going to come along in those areas. Um, Definitely look for someone that has good relationship with guys. Uh, They have people around him that are pouring into him, helping him grow. Uh, And then also he's pouring his life out into others as well. He's committed to others and not just focused on himself. Um, So that would be something not to look for as well. Don't look for somebody that is constantly pointing others to himself for the sake of himself, but wanting to give his life away to others. Uh, And then also look for a guy that's consistent. Uh, We talked about consistency in areas. It was both attractive for me to Devin and Devin to me. Uh, But you just want a guy that's going to be consistent because marriage is going to be for the long haul. And if it's in spurts or flakiness, that's not going to make it. So consistency is big. And for the girls that maybe have their eye on a younger guy, I definitely say there's a few things that Devin did that helped me out. Uh, She was able to hang out in the same groups that I was in. Um, which we had a good mix of all ages. And so it worked out, but that helped because she was also able to initiate some of those conversations where we just talked. Uh, and I was able to get to know her. Um, because for a lot of guys, maybe they, you know, don't even have the older girl on their radar because they just think that idea is so far out there. Maybe that girl's so above them, but, uh, they'd definitely be interested if they had the opportunity to have a conversation. That's some good advice right there. So single girls, if that's you. Get yourself yeah. around a guy so he can get we, to know you. Yeah, we just aired a podcast and we talked about how important it is for girls to have conversations with guys. You know, it doesn't mean that you're initiating and leading. Just go up and introduce yourself and talk to him and, you know, point out something in his life that is a good thing. Give him a compliment, a character compliment, just to encourage your brother in Christ. 
So that's cool to hear you say basically the same thing. Yeah, give these guys some help. <laughs> <laughs> well, Devin and Easton, it has been such a joy to have you guys tell your story. I just really love the story that God gave you, and I love how God brought you together. And Easton, I just love it when godly men are um, out there and taking initiative with women and asking them out. And I just am excited about your marriage and your sweet baby that's coming. And I'm just excited. So thank you for opening up and sharing with us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you all. Well, to our listeners, thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you've enjoyed this conversation that we've had with Devin and Easton, and we hope you're encouraged. And as always, we still have a lot more to talk about, so we hope you'll join us again next week for another episode. 